coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzsaw Movies. Ooh. Oh, wait. Did I say Buzzsaw? I meant Buzzed on Movies. But we are covering the Saw series, so perhaps Buzzsaw is appropriate. I'm Teddy. I'm Matt. And we are kicking off our multi-part series this week with Saw 1, eventually planning on covering the whole Saw franchise. And you're going to learn a lot about Saw, let me tell you. Real fast. Um, We need an image with a saw over top of our normal logo. (laughs) (laughs) Like we can get that. I think it's just like a quick, it should be like quick and ugly, just like a boom, like drop. Um, That's just like an aside that doesn't, you know, that's, I'm just commenting. Um, Yeah. So welcome. I'm really excited to be talking about this movie series. Um, This is an exciting franchise for me. So I have a lot of high energy right now. Yeah. And I think I think before we delve into this movie, we should sort of talk about why this series in particular means so much to us, why we're devoting about two months here to talk about this particular series of films, and why we keep watching these movies despite the fact that most people kind of think they're garbage. Right, yeah. No, I think that's <laughs> absolutely right. Most people do think they're garbage. Those people are wrong. But they do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, to me, Saw is a very personal franchise. I think it's probably the first horror franchise that I really got interested in while the films were still actively coming out fairly frequently. Yeah. Um, I didn't start watching the movie Fairly frequently. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they came out every year. They came out every year, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Like that. That's um, they didn't. They weren't that productive back in the days of Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. No, um, you'd have to wait a few years. But this one, every Halloween, the tagline: "If it's Halloween, it's Saw," and uh, they delivered <laughs> every Halloween. Um, so I didn't. I didn't pick up on the series when it first started. I remember this. Uh, the first one came out. I think both the first and the second one came out while I was in high school. And, um, wait, did the rest not? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think at least the fourth one came out while I was in college. Oh, so my I gosh. This is one of those rare instances where our age difference is very like, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, very sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, um, I don't remember when the third one came out in terms of my schooling, but I wasn't really following. I didn't follow the series until I got, to college okay. i i remember seeing the trailers uh when i was in high school and thinking they looked like kind of silly like the first one it's like there's oh he doesn't want us to saw through our chains he wants us to saw through our feet oh my <laughs> god uh, okay great yeah i remember that very well why is someone gonna do that next go ahead and then uh, I, I very distinctly remember the trailer for Saw 2 um, because it prominently featured 
Jigsaw's voice going, you are now breathing in a toxic nerve agent. (laughs) I thought was just the funniest thing ever. So off the bat, I was not super interested in this series. But as I started getting more into horror um, towards the end of high school and the beginning of college, I started getting interested in this series. I watched the first one, thought it was really good. I realized like there's so many of these movies there's got to be something going on here and i started like watching them trying to catch up with the uh with where they were currently and like i got really into it i started actually watching them as they came out um and re-watching the ones that are already out and, right uh, it really engrossed me and you know it built it has just such a very intricate story to it which i don't think most people realize it doesn't Yes, there's a lot of blood and gore throughout the series, some episodes more than others. But what really intrigues me and I think a lot of other Saw fans is just the very intricate storyline, the twists and turns it all takes, all the different characters that get introduced. It's really there's a lot going on plot wise here. And I think there's a lot worth talking about. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, so first of all, for me, um, the fir- the only two Saw movies that came out when I was past high school were Saw 6, well, other than Jigsaw, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting Jigsaw exists, um, <laughs> and Jigsaw is real, and I actually like Jigsaw, just to, like, full disclosure, um, but, you know, for me, like, the original Saw franchise is those first seven, um, yeah. and only the last two came out after I'd left high school. Um, those were my first two years of college. Um, the first five all came out while I was in high school and middle school. Um, so these were like my formative years. Um, <laughs> those are like the definition of formative years. Um, these were not the first horror movies that I got into. Uh, the first horror movie I ever truly loved was the ring. Um, mm-hmm. and I will, I will mm-hmm. always love the ring just as much as I love the saw franchise probably. Uh, and this is the American adaptation just so we're all clear. Um, but saw is pretty much up there on the same level. Um, and especially since, as a franchise saw is significantly better um, after the first ring movie. Don't watch any of them. Um, but like saw came out at a time when I wasn't sure I could ever handle violent horror. And then I watched the first saw and I was like, never mind, I'm into this. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I was, I was like active on the saw message boards on, on various forums online. I was writing like not saw fanfic, but I was involved in like saw role-playing games online. Like I was, <laughs> this was like all I Ooh, did. Boy. This was like my thing. The first fanfic I ever wrote was saw. I will not lie. Um, I was a, you know what? I had some, <laughs> <laughs> I probably needed to like be seeing a, a therapist a lot earlier than I started. Um, was, this, was this some, uh, some Adam and Dr. Gordon. No, 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 no. I was just like, I was really interested in the intricacies of the plot, and that's a real thing. Um, I uh, was also interested in the movie's takes on morality, which I thought were often flawed, but raised interesting questions a lot of the time. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I, I was just like really invested in it, and I thought it was a really interesting way to put it, to put the questions that it was raising out into the public through this like really violent quote-unquote torture porn um i don't really love that phrase but i do i do think it's accurate for the saw franchise that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing um yeah so um 
yeah, I love Saw. It was hugely important to me. It's one of the the like two movies that got me into horror in the first place. And I will always love Saw. I will like defend it till like my dying breath. You can like pry it from my cold dead hands for all I care. Um, <laughs> I feel very strongly. And honestly, Saw would probably want you to pry it from my cold dead hands. Um, they would want my hands to be removed. And um, <laughs> you can use a saw to remove my cold dead hand. Wait, what, what are we talking about again? Um, well, once I'm dead, that's fine. I don't care. Um, whatever saw you need to circular, whatever. That's fine. A jigsaw. Use a jigsaw. Oh, that would be appropriate. A buzz saw. Uh huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I have some really fond memories of like sneaking into movie theaters to see saw before I was 17 <laughs> um, with then quote unquote significant others um they weren't that significant in retrospect um uh, but right. it was fun to watch saw four with them so it's fine um yeah yes. so all my fond memories unfortunately are of watching these on uh questionable chinese sites in my dorm room but that's uh, also fine that's yeah, fine the only the only one i've ever seen in theaters was the most recent one jigsaw um which is kind of a reboot of the franchise, not a true entry per se. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed them as just as well as if I'd saw, seen them in theaters. I thought if I saw them so, in theaters. So you got into them, which Saw movie was it again? That was when you started? Like so how many were out already? I, I started watching from the beginning, but I think it was when Saw 4 came out okay. that I started getting interested in them. Cause like I was seeing the ad campaigns, I was like, man, this thing's really like going. And the the soft four uh, trailers, I think, were the first times where it, like it looked really cool. And it, I'd say at least visually, there's a huge step up um, from Saw Four onward. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Yeah, which is I think what came through in the trailers for me. Uh, and that's what got me interested to go back and watch the rest of the franchise, at least as I so, so the first one I watched, um, so I started watching just before Saw 2 came out. And I got interested when I saw the Saw 2 trailer. And there was something about it that really gripped me. But I am not going to lie to you. The number one draw for me was that one of the stars of Seventh Heaven was in Saw 2. <laughs> And so I saw her in the trailers and like, I had like a weird thing for her when I was in like middle and high school. I don't oh, know yeah. why I liked her so much. Um, she played Lucy Camden and <laughs> this is such a mid 2000s story. I know. And I was just like, I have to see this movie with her in it. And it was like a violent horror movie. And I was like, I've always said that I won't watch violent horror, just like ghost stories. And so, and I'd heard about the first saw, but I was like, kind of like, freaked out by it um and so i gave it a shot and i was like that was effing awesome and so then i saw from then on i think i saw almost all of them in theaters um i think the only one i missed like saw six maybe um uh, uh-huh. yeah yeah see i it was um, saw six it was it was because that was my first year of college i distinctly recall missing that in theaters I hadn't I hadn't really watched horror movies much growing up. Um, just like a few B movies from the fifties and stuff like that offhand. Um, and then in high school I watched House of a Thousand Corpses. And oh. that was that was my introduction to horror. So I just sort of went straight in and stuff. 
Uh, At least you went with no. a great introduction to horror. <laughs> it was great. It was really good. And we'll definitely talk about that soon because yeah. the third installment of that franchise is coming out this year. Super excited. So pumped for that. Yeah. But let's not digress too much. Uh, why don't we get into, we've talked about the franchise. Let's talk about the first installment tonight. Saw original. Saw 2004. Saw 2004. Um, directed by James Wan. His yes. first film. His first film and the only uh, film in the Saw franchise to be directed by James Wan. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would have been interesting to see him direct a couple other ones of these. Uh, it's a little too he bad that he moved yeah. on, but he definitely, you can, like, he produced, I think, all the other ones. He's definitely yeah. been involved. He has um, been. It's really too bad that he moved on to, like, such greats as Dead Silence. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, we're going to ignore the. <laughs> He's he's moved on to some <laughs> to he's much better done, things. He's time. actually done some really good work. Obviously, we like James Wan on this podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he re- most recently, if you're not aware, he made Aquaman. Yeah. So, <laughs> he direct- it's crazy to think he went from this like low budget, basically indie horror, um, to Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, he just directed a huge smash hit blockbuster that was that made so much money internationally. Yeah, um, he's representing the horror community well. So yes, big fan of James Wan, big fan of Lee Wanell as well. His co-writer and co-creator of the Saw series. Um, yes, he most recently directed the film Upgrade, which was one of the best horror movies of 2018, and is really fantastic. Yeah, gotta check it so out. So good, so good, so so good, so fun and original. Uh, I'm looking forward to him directing more because that was the first one he ever directed. No, it wasn't. What he did Insidious three? He did the third Insidious. Oh, movie. he directed that one. Okay, yeah. never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you know? But which was so, good, by the way. I actually liked the third Insidious. So was that the the last key? No, that was or that's those, the fourth one. fourth one. Jeez, yeah. I've I've Insidious totally three is the one with the girl who like breaks her neck, and so she's like, she can't do anything, and she's being followed by like the scary like, I don't know. There's like this really scary wave. I know it doesn't sound scary, but the ghost <laughs> like waves at its victims in like this most terrifying wave I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I something's very wrong with the wave in Insidious three. And I'm just saying that that shows that Lee Wanell understands horror. Like, it's like, uh, that should not scare anyone, but it scares the shit out of me. Like, every time it happens. All right. Um, I, I got to go check out Insidious 3. But, uh, <laughs> I, I've sort of lost track of that franchise, but I'll, I'll catch After up. After the on third it. one, it's wor- the fourth one was really bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're big fans of both of them. They're incredible. Uh, the story of how they came to create this whole franchise is kind of interesting. They were friends at film school. They had this really cool idea for a movie. They'd written a whole screenplay and everything, but they didn't have any idea how to get it produced on the scale that they wanted to. So they basically made a short film version of this, uh, which includes just pretty much just one of the key traps that shows up in the film. And it's like, I don't know, like a three or four minute short film. They filmed it in a weekend. They started shopping it around Hollywood and 
just off the basis of that short film, they got the ability to make a feature. And as part of their deal in selling this film, they, um, they, James Wan was required to be the director and Lee Wanell to be one of the lead actors in the movie. So basically they, they kickstarted their whole career with this one little short that they used to sell the larger film and then developed into this huge franchise. And I just think it's awesome the way they got going out just this one idea. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's awesome. I mean, uh, and they've done, I mean, it's changed horror. So I mean, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. So. Supposedly like the people who saw this short, um, the first time around when they were shopping around, were just blown away and were absolutely ready to give them the ability to make this a feature. And have you so seen glad the short did. version on yeah. the, okay, good. Yeah. I figured, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, it's probably pretty easy to find on YouTube these days. Yeah. I mean, it if came I, on my DVD of the first saw it. Yeah. It's out there. It's easy. If I find it, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, For sure. Very short easy to watch gives a great feel for like the whole franchise as well as the first movie. And if you just have an appreciation for saw, I mean, you should see it. You should see where it came from. Um, yeah, you know, it's cool. And, um, Lee one L, um, also acts in that version of the saw in this version. He's the one in the reverse bear trap which is probably one of the more iconic traps of Saw. Um, yeah, in the, in the theatrical version, he's not the one in that trap. But he does have a lead role in the first Saw movie. Unfortunately, he doesn't show up in any of the later franchises, um, any of the later installments, except in like a brief... Uh, yeah, like a very a short. flashback. Um, but yeah, um, he's great. The why don't we start off by introducing our themed cocktails for tonight? Because of course, when you're enjoying a franchise with such high thematic elements as this, you gotta have a themed cocktail to go along yeah. with All right. your journey. <clears throat> yeah, let's do it. So um for me, before I say what my cocktail is and why I chose it. Um, I should say full spoiler alert um, for like the biggest twist in the entire first Saw film. Um, <laughs> we'll just, uh, why, why don't you just say, say what it is and say that it's tied to a relevant moment. Okay. Yeah, sure. So my drink is called the corpse reviver and it is definitely tied to a relevant moment. Um, it's if you've seen this movie, I don't think I need to explain to you why Corpse Reviver is is relevant here. Um, <laughs> so that is what I chose to drink tonight, and I am only drinking one of them. And then after that, I will be switching to red wine. And I don't think I need to explain red wine to anyone, even if you haven't seen the Saw films. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Corpse Reviver is normally for you know people with a hangover, which I don't have, but that's okay. Um, you might soon. <laughs> I, well, tomorrow. <laughs> For now, lots of cognac. Let's do it. And uh, my cocktail for the evening is a bathtub gin sprints, um, which is tied to the moment where Adam wakes up in a bathtub 
at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, um, God. Sorry. Every time I see that scene, I get upset. Okay. <laughs> that scene is a little upsetting, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, all you need to know, bathtub gin. And these are good cocktails to go along with it. Now, before we delve into this movie uh, in depth, we'll just let you know we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. And it's definitely a movie that once it's spoiled, it's sort of it takes away the impact of it a bit. It's got some big twists and turns in it that aren't going to feel as strong if you already know what's going to happen. And I highly encourage if you haven't seen this movie, please check it out. It's really good. It's not as gory as you think it's going to be. If you're no, it's not. If yeah. you don't like gore, you can handle the first saw. I think. I think most. If you're people the have. type who doesn't, who's been turned off a saw because it's like it's it's torture porn, whatever. At least the first installment is not really like that. It's more of a psychological thriller. It's like even like seven is more intense than this. It's like a toned down version of seven, sort of, or like identity, something oh, like that. Another, you know, I like, didn't even mention. Mm. In my love of Saw, I once wrote an essay comparing Saw and Seven and like how great Saw was because it was influenced by Seven. Um, yeah. I got it like an A plus on that essay. And I wrote it in a Starbucks while watching Saw at the same time on like <laughs> in this public Starbucks. I'm just like watching Saw and then skipping ahead to some other Saws to draw in like illusions. And so I'm watching this all in a Starbucks and people were like, I'm very disturbed. Somebody left and was like, I can't look at your screen anymore. And I was like, that's fair. Fair, fair. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was when I watched this for um, to review it for this episode, uh, I was thinking, yeah, it's clearly quite influenced by seven. And then somebody I can't remember who tweeted out like, what was your What's your favorite horror movie from the 90s? And Lee 1L responded, Seven. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. There we go. There we go. (laughs) He's talked about it before. He's talked about how it's obviously influenced by Seven. Yeah. That's that's proof. It's also, I just think that the movie very clearly knows it's influenced by Seven. I think when it came out, there was a lot of like, oh, this movie is Seven, but violent. And um, first of all, Seven is violent. Seven is is uh, more violent than this. um, Second of all, like, that's not, there's this, like, idea that, like, just, like, referencing or paying homage to these other films is somehow, like, a bad thing. And people don't seem to understand the difference between, like, referencing and being inspired by versus just totally copying. Um, this yeah. is not just, like, cribbing from Seven. It's not. It's very clearly not. Um, and the movie knows. I mean, you can watch it once, and if you have a strong knowledge of seven which i do i've seen seven maybe like 25 times in my life i love seven um david david fincher used to be my favorite director um uh it just like has shots that are clearly meant to evoke seven there's like a shot early on in saw and the first shot in seven is like a body lying in a pool of its own blood um and i don't think that's unintentional like the entire movie start the exact same way they start from a body is lying in its own blood at the start where do we go from there? Um, and that's what's interesting about it, because they're both mystery films that start from just one simple premise. Um, but anyways, they both get very complicated. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's important to point out, is that the, the film is structured very, like, very much like a mystery. So if you like 
like mystery films or thriller films, like this is a pretty good crossover film for that. Um, the later ones definitely delve into more pure horror, but this one, like, especially on rewatching it, I really felt like it's much more of a mystery film than it is a horror film. It's definitely a mystery film. That's the whole premise of this film. It's a mystery film with elements of horror. That's all. That's interesting. So with that caveat in mind, let's delve ahead. Full spoilers from here on. Um, Let's just talk about, to lead off, what what really impressed you on this watch through? What, What really caught your eye? I think what always catches my eye about the Saw franchise is that it has... I mean, people can say what they want about the direction style and the editing style, but the editing of the Saw franchise is, like, singular. Um, oh, yeah, just like the editing, the, man. <laughs> the way it's done is, like, it's not... It's un, it's so unique, and people want to, like... I mean, there are definitely people out there... I don't need to tell you how to look it up because you can do a quick Google search, and people will give it shit from, you know... They, they just will. That's how people are. Um... But you can't say it's not unique and wasn't didn't have its own feel that when you were watching a Saw movie, you could tune in to like five minutes, not see any trap or anything, and know you were watching a Saw movie right yep. out. Like you the editing knew. style is very unique. Everything about it feels like a Saw movie. I mean, the coloring, the editing, the pacing, just everything about it. I mean, even the writing, which for all of its flaws can I mean, you know it's a Saw movie within, like, a few minutes of watching. Um, It's very apparent. And so I think that that's what strikes me every time is that it just – it creates its own feel. Like, every single – in every single movie, it would follow from there, no matter who directed it or what. Um, It fell in line with this, like, weird vibe that Saw created, which was, like, this weird, like, dingy yellow-blue world um, <laughs> that and existed cool. outside of, like, t- the time-space continuum and, like, had this, like, weird, like, fast editing style where everything, like, sped up but then slowed down at the same time. I don't know. It's, like, crazy. So and Those quick cuts where they, like, cut between, like, different shots of the same thing from just slightly different angles where it's just, like, very disorienting, especially... um that one scene with the bear trap. Of course, they, yeah. I mean, that's the standout. They almost go one. full bullet time in that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Um, yeah, the, the editing style is extremely unique, very kinetic. Um, just the whole look of it overall is very, uh, very specific. One thing that I noticed in particular um, was the set design in this watch. Um, I felt like it at first I, I thought everything looks like really cheap. Everything looks like so sparse. Every set is not like really, there's not a lot going on. You know, you like, it's like a room and there's like, there'll be like one table and a chair here and there, not a lot on the walls, whatever, like every different set they go to. And then I started thinking back, like, what about the other saw movies? Like, at first, I thought this one, you know, obviously we're seeing the budget limitations here. But then, like, even in the later ones where it's more expensive, like, they still kept to some extent this style of um, set dressing. And I think it was a choice. Like, I think it was too. I think they, it's meant to have this, like, weird, cheap, grimy feel. I think that's it, the atmosphere they want. 
yeah everything's very sparse very bleak very like simple and like very grimy definitely like nothing else if not grimy like i th i've um, always compared um the way saw creates atmosphere um and like through its set design and the production quality overall to i mean it's totally different level but the texas chainsaw massacre remake which just like was one of the like the atmosphere in that movie is like through the roof like i don't care yeah, what they say about yeah. it it's like the way they created atmosphere was like fucking amazing like <laughs> it's like i've never seen a movie that like instilled dread in me from just like looking at like a room um yeah. the way that that one did and saw does a similar thing where it's just like everything about it feels like you're watching i mean it doesn't feel like you're watching any world that is recognizable almost um it's definitely like its own universe um, which is to its benefit because a lot of this movie is built around some totally like if this were happening in real life you know that it would not go that way moments right um so I think that it's like great that it creates its own like world and has its own atmosphere and feel completely. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the whole thing is very hard to connect to like a real world uh, setting. It feels like its own environment. And that's part of what sparked like a bit of a debate among the saw fan base. Like where does this actually take place? Oh yeah, that was uh, heated. <laughs> it's <laughs> nobody really seems to know. There's speculations it might be like Detroit or somewhere in Canada, but uh, it's purposely very vague. Like they they don't really tie it to any real city, any real place. It feels like its own universe. Yeah, I think it's supposed to feel like any city USA type thing. You know, um, it's it could be anywhere. Yeah, I think that's definitely intentional. It's anywhere where there's a lot of abandoned warehouses because jobs were abandoned, uh, which is pretty much every city. So that's too bad. Um, yeah. And in that regard, it definitely um, it definitely underlines a lot of issues in the mid 2000s with the collapse of the audio industry and other kind of think, manufacturing industries. So I agree with that. And I think that's sort of um, an underrated element of most torture porn because um saw was part of like the resurgence of this type of horror obviously um saw sort of ushered in a new era of this like hyper violent horror that had sort of been dormant for a while um mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that was a part of an economic downturn and things like that in the u.s um which is where a lot of these movies were coming out of at the time and when they weren't I mean, anyway that's a whole different thing um saw was coming from this point in time right and so, um, yeah, I just think that that's, like, something that people don't talk about a lot, but that it really does reflect this, like, sort of view of, of like, the job system and factories and things like that um, that was happening at the time. Because the whole Saw franchise is set in this weirdly, like, everything is industrial. Every aspect of Saw in the entire franchise is in this weird industrial but abandoned industrial setting. And I think yeah. that's worth mentioning. Um, there's a reason for that. I don't think it's unintentional. Yeah, it's all abandoned factories and warehouses and stuff like that. It's all industrial, like, workspaces. Right. There's Even um, when we get into settings where it's, like, in a hospital, it feels like an abandoned industrial warehouse. Warehouse. Wow, warehouse. Mm. Warehouse. We're doing well. Corpse Reviver is getting to me. Um, <laughs> um, it's like a werewolf version of the space. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Um 
yeah so i don't know yeah i think the setting aspect of saw is important and worth discussing and i think could be debated into the end of time because nobody knows where it is nobody um detroit is obviously like you said one of the, the more common guesses um i think that's if it's going to be set in a real world city that's got to be it right um no yep. <laughs> um it's got to be in the u.s actually like it is i, men- yeah, I, I mentioned right. canada but i like, mentioned canada last time too you, yeah it can't I, be canada because of the whole healthcare episode but uh, you're right yeah we'll we'll get there we have not gotten to the healthcare incident. Um, <laughs> the healthcare one is like the highlight of political saw, and um, it's it's going to be really well dissected when we get to it. I love the healthcare saw. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, other things I really enjoyed from this watch. Um, Curiel was always, oh, yeah. always just absolutely chewing the scenery in this movie. Crazy um, that they got Curiel was <laughs> in this movie. Absolutely crazy. nuts. So crazy. Um, well, him and Danny Glover, it's like, what is going on? Like these are legitimate names and probably the biggest names that are in the whole franchise. And they're here in the first installment when they had like the lowest budget they ever had. They have to be, I mean, at the, at the time of release, um, because afterwards, some of these names got really big. I mean, yeah, Monica Potter after. Monica Potter has done big things on TV since. And Tobin Bell is obviously like a legend now. Yeah, uh, definitely. But they got big Ma- because Michael Emer- of Saw. Michael Emerson has done really big things. Because I'm a huge Lost fan. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Of course. Of course! Michael Emerson was a star on Lost, okay? He was important on Lost. Really important. I'm just saying. I don't know who that is. I only got halfway through the first season of Lost. So Michael Emerson, well, he plays Zep. So Zep shows up in Lost, and he's like a main for the last five seasons. So, oh, okay. Um, and there are six seasons of Lost, so that's really embarrassing that you... <laughs> okay, I started watching Lost like two years ago. So Lost is... So good. It's my favorite TV show. You need to finish it. Okay, um, this is not buzzed on Lost though. Let's uh yeah, right. I could do buzzed buzz. on Lost though. I could do buzzed on Lost and I could run it for 17 years. Um oh god. Like, no. I could talk about Lost every day of my life. Anyway, continue. Let's talk uh, about Saw. Uh, yes. Michael Emerson is great and he's great in this as Zep. I mean, Zep is so creepy. So Zep, yeah, he's creepy, he's he's interesting. Um, he's the perfect sort of mislead. We'll get into that. Um, but yeah, Carrie was absolutely like the most over the top performance in here. It's very interesting. The dynamic between him and Adam, cause I feel like they both sort of have different ideas about what this movie is going to be. Adam, by the way, played by Lee one L as yes. we mentioned before. Um, they're the two guys who are there. They have the most interplay together. They're locked in this bathroom together. Um, and Carrie Elwes, his delivery is always like an 11 for everything. 
it's, it's true. Just, <laughs> it's just so over the top. He's like, please let me see my child. He's so effing funny sometimes. Like, I love when he's like post the foot sawing um, and he's like trying to act as a man who's just cut off his foot. And he's like shaking and he's like, I'll come back. With help, I, I have I, to get I, help. I, I, I promise. I, 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 uh. <laughs> and then he like, if I don't find someone, I, I'm going to bleed to death. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're already bleeding to death. Um, uh, thanks. But he crawls out of that room on his arms and one foot, and thus sets off fan theories for literally six years whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) getting way ahead of ourselves here um i'm not i'm not saying what the fan theory resolved into (laughs) i'm just saying the plot of this movie is that he crawls off and we don't see him again and crawls away all right and that's um, worth noting because let me tell you, as a person who was in the Saw fandom for as long as I was, do you know how before every single movie we had to debate if Carrie Elvis was coming back? Every single movie. Okay, yes. Every single I, one. I do remember following that thread from And then about after a movie came out, we'd all have seen it and we'd be debating if he was secretly in it and be like, <laughs> obviously not. Like, <laughs> no, is he in the cast list? Shut up. <laughs> Did you uh, see him anywhere? No. Okay. If he were a cameo, they would have made it an apparent character. <laughs> like, we would have known. Like, uh, yes. On the other hand, um, our other main character, Adam, played by Lee Wanell. I also love Adam. He was my first movie crush. He's great. He's great. He's a lot more low key. He's just sort of sarcastic and humorous the whole time. I can't believe you just called him Loki. This is the man who says this is the most fun I've had without lubricant. Um. <laughs> well, no, no. See, that's what I think is so low-key about him. Like he he's like pissed off about being in this place. He's a little scared, but at the same time, he's clearly like with it enough to be making jokes. He says, uh, this is this is the most fun I've had without lubricant when he's yelling at the camera and oh what does he say to gordon <laughs> which which says, time he says like i don't care if you covered yourself in peanut butter and have a 20 way or something like that yeah he's like i don't care if you covered yourself in peanut butter and had a 20 hooker gang bang that was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so a, good yeah. he's a character he's great um i want to see more a- acting out of lee Wanell. he's a lot of fun well, um, he's in some other things. He's in a few other things, but he's he's more on the writing side in general. All right. Well, just watch more Insidious movies. But um, I mean, he, of course, he makes cameos, you know. Right. But, so he's actually like a, not a main character, but a sort of main character in all of the the Insidious films. But yeah, um, he like like is. He's like a starring role. But anyway, um <laughs> oh, okay. Clearly I need to rewatch the the moral of this whole episode here is I need to rewatch <laughs> the Insidious films. Um uh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Don't yeah. twist my arm here. Um yeah, but Lee Wan is great. Uh Carrie Elwes is just Fantastic. I just can't believe they got Robin Hood men in tights to show up in this movie. The Dread Pirate Roberts shows yes, up in this movie and cuts off his foot. 
Oh my god, yes. He oh, is no. fantastic. Um so yes, those are our two leads. A basic overview of the plot in case you've gotten this far, haven't seen the movie for whatever reason, ignoring our warnings. Basic summary of the plot is... God, I'm so sorry for you if that's you. <laughs> yeah. Please go watch this movie. This um, must have been so annoying. The, yeah. Well, it's still going to be annoying. These True. two men these two men wake up in like a sort of industrial bathroom. It's absolutely filthy. They're, uh, they have no idea where they are. Uh, Adam, Lee Wanell's character, wakes up in a bathtub full of water like the first shots are of him like sort of thrashing around and then pulling the chain to the bathtub and the water goes down the drain um and he gets out and then dr gordon whose carielwa's character is in the opposite side of the room they're both chained to the walls and they don't know they don't remember how they got there they're trying to figure out what's going on and um they gradually discover clues in the room that lead them to figure out that this serial killer known as Jigsaw is the one who put them there. And most of the film takes place in this room, but there are flashbacks to show some of Jigsaw's other kills, the investigation to try to find out who he is, and other things such as what's going on with Dr. Gordon's family. Right. <clears throat> yeah, there are other things happening. Uh, but most of it is, yes, in this very now iconic bathroom. That is Saw. That's pretty much uh, that's, <laughs> that's the plot. They wake up in a bathroom and they're like, how are we here? And why are we here? And how do we leave? Um, yeah. And um, so a lot of the the structure of the film follows more of a mystery plot, as we've already said. Um, and you get to see briefly like the police investigation to try to find out who Jigsaw is. They initially suspected that Dr. Gordon was, um, was Jigsaw and that's how he initially got drawn into all this. The detective who thinks that Gordon is Jigsaw, his partner gets killed in a face off against jigsaw and then he gets kicked out the force he turns into this unhinged guy who's just obsessed with chasing jigsaw and so he's like a, a side character in all this um <laughs> what yes no i'm just thinking yeah 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 <laughs> yes yes and that's danny glover by the way as detective tap very very great role for him. All, he's always playing cops. Yep, um, that's what he does. Uh, and this was this was a good role. He got to play the detective and then like the unhinged post detective, who's he's got like one of those very stereotypical pin boards on his wall with all sorts of images all over it. He's like camping out in this very derelict apartment across the street from Doctor Gordon's home trying to figure out if he's really jigsaw. So I love that. I love his derelict apartment. That's one yeah. of the most ridiculous moments of this film. 
when you look at his apartment and it's like he hasn't thrown away like a food tray in like six <laughs> days and like there's like noodles still sitting on his like coffee table and he's pinned his walls just covered in newspaper clippings about jigsaw and it's like what's going on are you okay Let's sit down like <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's in deep clearly so part of it is that you think like maybe this guy is the one who kidnapped them because he clearly has it out for dr gordon he um he was the one so adam is like a freelance photographer who takes pictures of people for a living in compromising situations and he was photographing dr gordon having an affair and he was paid by detective tap to do this yeah so they theorize that maybe he's jigsaw because he's the connection between both of them he's the one who um sort of caused them to be there in the first place but he's a red herring yes there's multiple red herrings in this whole plot. Um, I mean, the whole plot is full of red herrings. I mean, whole, I feel like that's the whole. <laughs> it's like red herring after red herring. Absolutely. And that's that's what I think is so great about the whole, about the plotting in the franchise as a whole. They mislead you quite a bit. Um, oh, yeah. This, this is the first example of that, but it's by far not the first misleading character that appears. And there's always a question of, you know, who's doing this, who's involved, who's behind all these puzzles. Right. And so, well, Saw get like as a franchise gets known a lot for its very involved traps. I think this one was this one doesn't have as much like the complicated traps and it's more it's more sort of clue finding like the the so it's always about jigsaw's game he's always got a game that's going on and you have to play the game by his rules and in the later installments it's about just being in these traps and like sacrificing part of yourself or somebody else or yourself to complete the task. In this right. one, it's more like there's a lot of just clue finding. Like they have to they have to find stuff like hidden in hidden behind a tile in the wall. They have to like listen to the recordings that are left for them and solve puzzles. So it's more of like a puzzle type trap it's more of a puzzle type game than like a trap based game as in the later yeah i think you're right about that i think that um this is i do think after this it becomes a little different but i do think this one is very clearly more about like the puzzle aspect than just like watching people like get their limbs twisted 360 degrees you know um yeah think about that crucifix trap um oh yeah oh vicious um so, uh, yeah, and, and this is this is the part that Escape Room reminded me of. Um, 
and that they're actually like going around looking for clues. You know, like right? The, yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, the escape room didn't remind me as much of the later installments of the franchise, but it reminded me a lot of this first one because there's so much like clue finding. I agree. I mean, I think there's also like a difference because later Saw installments, the villain is not necessarily just Jigsaw. So the the way the traps are set up is very different. Um, So there's like that whole thing to unpack. Um, So I think that's a whole thing. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that in this one, it is really, I mean, it's so puzzle based and that is why Escape Room is similar. Um, I mean, also just the idea that like the person technically killing them isn't literally killing them you know um yeah it's like prevalent in escape room well that that's one of the lines in here it's like oh technically he's not a murderer he's never killed anyone he finds ways for his victims to kill themselves yeah but like, that's bs he's okay. definitely killed yeah. many people um <laughs> no come on he's totally a murderer and like i'd say that this this ep, uh film in fact has the most violence inflicted directly by jigsaw in any of the saw films which is kind of interesting does it Um, i have to think about it well yeah okay so Um, think about so there's the scene there's a scene where detective tap and his partner who are still both on the force um they find out where jigsaw's hideout is it's in an abandoned mannequin factory which is just like okay you know Obviously, somebody's hiding out there. They should probably just raid that on principle. But so they go to the abandoned mannequin factory. And um, the first thing they find is this guy under a blanket, like strapped to this table with uh, drills pointed in his head. And then Jigsaw comes in in his little robe and everything. it's a very ridiculous robe (laughs) he activates the trap when he realizes that the detectives are there so he can escape and he's like you must choose between saving this man and uh capturing me or whatever and then he produces this blade from his sleeve and slashes detective taps throat yeah that's true yeah so like right there, it's like okay, what was the what was the trap there, Jigsaw? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I agree. I mean, I definitely agree that I mean this movie like points out Jigsaw's hypocrisy, right? Um, yeah. You know, he slashes Detective Hab's throat. He has a trap set up so that Detective Singh gets shot in the head. Um, yeah. There's the whole like just the mere fact of Amanda's trap being set up so that she has to murder another man who is helpless and can't do anything, um, I think is like a problem. I think that's a problem that recurs throughout the series. I think that it shows up time and time again where it's like only one person can live here. And that's not, I mean, that's just like in terms of what Jigsaw's entire like stated like MO is, that doesn't make any sense. Well, Um, I mean, I, I think that makes a little more sense than the parts where he's just directly inflicting violence. His whole his whole philosophy is like, do you have what it takes to survive? Um, and uh, his theory is that like many people are ungrateful for being alive. And as a cancer patient, Jigsaw knows what it's like to 
have the threat of death hanging over him. So he is sort of disgusted by people around him being ungrateful for being alive, sort of wasting their lives willy-nilly. And his idea is to test them and to either make them prove that they're willing to do what it takes to survive or let them die. And so in that regard, like, are you willing to commit murder or kill someone else to save yourself, stay alive? It is sort of a test of your will to survive. No, so I agree with that in, like, theory, because I think that, yes, will you murder somebody else to stay alive is like a... You know, and from his perspective, I understand why he would ask that question. Um, yeah. But I don't think that, you know, <laughs> Amanda's poor victim, <laughs> Donnie, ha- deserves, like, being oh, yeah. murdered, like, for no I, reason. I mean, and I'm not saying it's no reason, because if you played, like, the games and stuff like that and seen some of the other ones, like, you might know that there are some other things that Jigsaw chose him for. But it's, like, still, like, you get no role in it. Like, you get no say. Yeah, he doesn't get really tested at all. And I think they they sort of clean up that a little bit in the later installments. They um, sort of do. But I think that when they don't later, it becomes like an intentional plot point. Like they're yeah. they're calling it out. They're saying this is bad. So um yeah. And Jigsaw is never uh, entirely uh morally pure individual, obviously. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, he's morally repugnant, even, but yeah. um, <laughs> even within his own sense of morality, he can be hypocritical at times, and his sense of morality is obviously very twisted as well. But it is interesting to uh, just sort of see his motives and all this and how it plays out. Yeah, right. I agree with that. I mean, his motives are always interesting. I don't necessarily understand them, but. They are what they are. So, um, Jigsaw is a very confusing man. <laughs> that he is. Yes. And his character, he, he doesn't get, well, he gets plenty of screen time in here, but they don't delve too much into his whole psyche in this one as they do in the later installments. You sort of get a sense, especially at the very end you sort of realize who he is and why he is the way he is. But um, for most of the movie, it you know, it is a mystery. You're trying to figure out who he is to begin with. Um, so you can't really know all that much about his nature. Right, yeah. You have to be left in the dark for most of the runtime of this movie. After this, you start to learn more and more about Jigsaw. I think that's like the point of some of the later movies is just his backstory. But this one is supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be in the dark about most of it. So it makes sense. It's crazy that in this movie, we don't know his like actual name. Like (laughs) I think about how in later movies, it's just like his name is just like, interchangeable with jigsaw um yeah you know yeah not till the very end and uh i guess the end is a pretty big twist which is what makes um this movie a bit spoilable in a couple of regards actually um 
yeah, there's a big twist ending at the end of this. When we finally figure out who Jigsaw is after having a number of possible candidates presented. Yeah, I mean, yes, this movie is very spoilable. If you don't know who Jigsaw is, yeah, that's like, you don't want to know before going into this movie. It will ruin the entire film. <laughs> um, I think that the first time I saw this movie, I had no idea. And I remember being like floored. Um, I was like, hold on, what? Um, <laughs> that can't be right. This is wrong. I'm watching the wrong movie. Um, but I was not. And I'm glad I was not. Uh, but it was very jarring. It's very shocking um, who Jigsaw turns out to be. Yeah, um, that ending, the whole ending to this movie is extremely iconic and it's so much a part of what makes this movie great. And I think also what made this movie into a franchise is just like that last five to ten minutes of the movie. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the really last great. five, I mean, you have you have just like the reveal of who he is. Um you have Charlie Clouser's score happening. Um, the Hello Zep theme is playing, and it is incredible. Um, it's like entered like the horror score canon, right? Um, yeah, everyone knows yeah. that 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 song is incredible. Um, and then you have like Jigsaw's last words of the movie, which are just "game over," um, which are great. I mean, they're both like awesome because they work and also hilarious because they're you know a, a call out to like every like gamer bro in the world right um so it's like it's awesome it's a great it's a great ending it's perfect um at the same time you have like uh, a certain character screams over top of the whole thing and like that's the credits if you watch this movie and then you see the end credits it's just one character screaming um yeah which is like i mean it's very effective um <laughs> <laughs> I know that even now I watch it and I'm left like a little shaken by it. And I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times um, I could probably like recite this movie for you is how many times <laughs> I've seen it. Um, <laughs> so why don't we cover the elephant in the room here? So we've been tiptoeing around it. The very ending of the movie. Um, of course, there's the iconic saw moment and the, iconic jigsaw reveal dr gordon's wife and daughter are being held captive and he has to kill adam in order to save himself and his wife and daughter and he doesn't do it in time he he's on the phone with who he thinks is jigsaw and the and his family and he hears them struggling he actually goes and saws his own leg off. He sure does. Yeah. That um so that's probably the most brutal scene in the movie. Um and it's not really that bad. Like I guess okay, at, did you watch which uh which version did you watch? I'm pretty sure I saw the unrated version. Okay, I was going to say, that's yeah. like a... Well, you can tell if you watch the rated versus unrated because um, the unrated has a lot more. When Amanda kills her, like, trap mate, um, there's a lot more, like, time spent where she's digging through his stomach. 
Um, mm. You can tell. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen the like this like theatrical cut though. So it's like it's hard to say. I don't know. She does like she definitely pulled out like the whole intestine and everything. Okay, that, then yeah, you saw you saw unrated then. You saw okay. unrated. That yeah. might be the more gruesome scene. I don't know. I like it depends. I to me that's nothing, but to some people that's a lot. Like to me the the sawing is way worse. Um Okay. But <laughs> Should we go back to the reverse bear trap scene? Um, Dr. Gordon's in the detective office and they're explaining to him who Jigsaw is and why they think that he's a suspect because they found his pen light at the scene of one of these uh, traps that he's been building. It's also worth noting that Dr. Gordon is a surgeon. And some yeah. of these traps have like require surgical precision. He is I mean, specifically, like, yes, an oncologist um, specializing in cancer. And um, so anyway, they have him at the police station and they let him watch the testimony of one of Jigsaw's victims, not a testimony, like a questioning of one of Jigsaw's victims, which is just a, uh, basically an excuse to introduce Amanda and to have her give her performance, which is very great here. Um, And so you get to see her tell about her experience and you see a flashback to it when she wakes up in a room with this like bear trap in her mouth. God. (laughs) Yeah. She sees the video of Billy the Puppet and everything. This is the, like the first time we really see Billy the Puppet. Um, and you say like you have to find the key in the stomach of your cell, your dead cellmate, uh, to unlock the bear trap, or else it'll rip your face open. And surprise, surprise, uh, the cellmate isn't quite dead. <laughs> actually just drugged but she has to cut him open anyway and get the key out uh and she does she gets the key she pulls the thing off her face just in time and snaps open she breaks down sobbing and she's um cut back to police station it's a great scene and this is basically um this whole like little section right here is um just basically a recreation of the short film that they made to precede this um except in the short it's Lee Wanell who plays Adam in the Amanda role right so that um that's a very important scene and the reverse bear trap is probably one of the more iconic traps in all of Saw, it definitely makes an appearance a couple times throughout the series. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so very important that. Uh, keep that in mind. If you've ever seen like promotional images of Saw, you've probably seen one of somebody wearing the reverse bear trap. Just Absolutely, yeah. Thing over the mouth there. Yeah. It's very common. I mean, it's everywhere. So that scene is pretty gory. Not as gory as it could have been if she hadn't managed to get it off. I mean, good God. Um, 
But yeah, the scene where Dr. Gordon saws his leg off is, you know, it's kind of gruesome, but they don't really show all that much. No, they don't. They really cut away from the actual, like, sawing. Yeah, it's one of those scenes where it's more about what you imagine than, like, what you actually see. Although you do hear it hit the bone, and I gotta say, that's, like, a really disturbing moment. Maybe. But if you want a seriously disturbing amputation scene, just go watch 127 Hours. Oh, that movie, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That movie was so much more gruesome than Saw. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Rough. That's pretty pretty rough. 127 Hours. Yeah, so. that is probably one of the more gruesome scenes I've ever seen, and it's viscerally effective. You know, yes. like they, yeah, they yeah. use it's it's a lot. That one is that one's a lot. This one does not go nearly that far. You don't see a lot of the actual cutting. You get a lot of reaction shots. You get a lot of shots of just Dr. Gordon's face as he's gritting his teeth and doing it, uh, like and biting then, into a shirt sleeve. Yeah, um, as and he's trying they, to like pull it tighter. Yeah, and there's times when they just fully cut away to like action happening elsewhere so yeah yeah other rooms maybe just to add them whatever they they cut but, it to anything but it's very effective you you definitely you feel like this oh my god like guys sawing off his own leg to escape from this yes escape from the chain on him um so he does it um he goes to shoot adam which was his goal the whole time. He shoots him and Adam falls down. And then Zep comes in. And ah! Zep, Zep was um Zep was the orderly who works in Dr. Gordon's hospital, who was shown in um a an early an early flashback. Mm-hmm. And so it appears that he is, in fact, Jigsaw. They'd mentioned that, um, like, Adam had mentioned that he'd seen him around Dr. Gordon's house because he'd been following him for a few days, photographing him, trying to catch him cheating. Right. Um, so it appears that Zep is Jigsaw. Before this, we've also had some scenes showing him as the guy um, who's got dr gordon's wife and daughter captive by the way by the way oh my god how annoying is that daughter (laughs) oh god i mean it's just like it's like every every child in horror film but like way ramped up to 11 yeah it's just like okay like when you first cut to like the scene where they're like being held captive and the child is just like why mom why it's like i don't know like don't ask your mom they don't she's, know she's like she's literally her mom has wrestled the gun away from their captor and is like pointing it at him like really face and she's like mommy mommy and distracts her which allows him to get the upper hand it's like hey, you shut it's up like- for one minute god damn it I would have lost my mind. I would have been like, all right. Like, you know what? Go ahead. Take her. I'm leaving. Yeah. Your dad just cut off his foot because of this. <laughs> um, oh, 
Uh, um, so yeah, so Zep's the one doing all that. Zep shows up in the room right after Dr. Gordon shoots Adam. Um, Dr. Gordon's like, I did it. Now bring them, bring me to, wait, bring me to them. He says it very dramatically. Um, and he's like, you're too late. That, oh my God, you sounded exactly like him. That was really disturbing. That was like, I feel like really traumatized right now. Like, um, yeah, that's basically it. It's like, take me to my daughter. I was like, all right, we get it. Like he's doing like opera here. He's just yeah, he is. He's doing a he's little opera, moving with the notes. He's but then Zep literally does say it exactly how you said it. It's like you have <laughs> Doctor Gordon's like, what do you mean? And Zep's like, it's the rules. <laughs> and I'm like, it's all right. the rules. Shut up, Zep. Like, just Damn let it go. Like, um, but Zep doesn't let it go. No. Zep is a little bitch, and Zep decides that he's going to try to kill them. Uh, it doesn't yeah. work out for Zep. Zep yeah. gets smashed in the head by a toilet seat. But, yeah, because uh, it turns out Adam's not actually dead. What? Another twist? Believe. Um. Yeah, Adam wakes up and decides to just, like, smash Zep's head in with the toilet lid. He goes ham. He bashes him. I mean, it's like, that's pretty violent. It's a pretty oh, yeah. violent moment. Dr. Gordon crawls off to get help. Oh, um, yeah, that's great, too, because Dr. Gordon has to crawl off while, like, hugging Adam, and there's this whole thing, and he's like, <laughs> I'll be back. I promise, uh it's like okay well we'll see about that one um and and he has this great line too it's like um adam adam asked him like is everything gonna be okay and he says i don't want to lie to you (laughs) (laughs) Mm, so no yeah so no Things are um, definitely not going to be "quote unquote" okay. Yeah, um, let me tell you right now. No, so Doctor Gordon crawls off, dragging his stump behind him, um, and then the guy on the floor has been there the whole time. Oof! The guy lying in a pool of blood who seems to have shot himself in the head. When there's that much poison in your blood, the only chance is a bullet to the head. That guy. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That guy suddenly gets up. He starts moving around. Um, I like when he rips off his fake bullet head. Yeah. He He, like reaches up and he's like, hello, this is the, the mask that made it look like I shot myself. And he just rips it off. And I'm like, what? You look like you're bottoming for the first time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like when he does like a brief yoga move before he stands up. Like he's sort of stretching out. Yeah, it's like really bizarre. Him. What's his, what's going on with he him? He's like a little downward dog. Guy. He's like, um, he's an old guy. He's, he's got cancer. He's trying to stretch out before he get right, up a you're little. Right. You're right. He's also evil. Um, but you're right. um so yeah um well actually the reason 
So before <laughs> we told this out of order, before he gets up, um, Adam finds a tape recorder on Zep. Oh the, yes, the tape recorder has been used this whole time to give messages to each person, telling them what they have to do to survive. And apparently, Zep has his own, and it says, "Hello, Zep. I want to play a game." He actually doesn't say that in this movie, right? He never says, I want to play a game. No, he does say game over. He does call it a game, but I don't think he ever says, I want to play a game in this one. Yeah, so I want to play a game comes in later movies. Yeah. Um, but does he does become... not say it in this one. Um, a very iconic phrase. Yeah, because I love when he later said, hello, I want to play a game. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Jigsaw. Um... <laughs> I don't want to play this game, but no, I'm thanks. here. Mm, so. Bye. Okay, I'll play Parcheesi with you. That's it. I love backgammon. Um. Uh, but, so, yeah. So, Zep has his own tape, and it basically explains to him that he has poison in his body. And that the only way he'll be given the antidote is if he plays along, if he kidnaps Dr. Gordon's wife and daughter... And he holds them until the time limit is reached and then either kills them if Dr. Gordon fails or lets them go if he succeeds. I love how some of them have absolutely obscene tasks, such as <laughs> Zep, where it's like monitor these two people chained in a bathroom while also being prepared to kill these two innocent women or not kill, depending it's like, man, um, I'm a hospital orderly. Why am I qualified for this? Yeah, <laughs> I would be like, hello, I can't do this. Do you know no. me? My name is Zep. Have you met me? Um, I'm called Zep for crying out loud. Why my name is Zep, and it's not important job. It has nothing to do with Zepolis. So I don't know <laughs> what you want. Um. Yeah. It's. It's a little weird, but apparently he trusts this guy with his whole plan up till this point, up till getting his head bashed in with the toilet, with the back of the toilet. He did pretty well, but, uh, well, you know, other than getting the gun turned on him by Dr. Gordon's wife. Yeah, never mind. He didn't do that well at all. Uh, he was no. kind of crappy at his job, but he managed to survive till this point. He failed. Um, Adam plays the tape. He hears it. He realizes there's somebody else behind all of this. Then the man stands up and he's like, that was him the whole time. And you see all these flashbacks that show like what was really going on the whole time that connects like little clues we've seen throughout. And this is a very iconic part of every Saw movie. Like the bit at the end where there's this huge montage that sort of pulls everything together and like little um, little quotes from the movie, little things that you see suddenly all culminate in this big realization. Yes, and I, yes, absolutely. You see that the man on the floor who is actually Jigsaw, who is actually the patient of Dr. Gordon's who was shown in an early scene in the movie... Uh, who has cancer. Um, he's been 
planning this whole thing the whole time. He orchestrated all of it. And now there he is in the room alive and just getting up off the floor, pulling his fake gunshot wound off his hand. Mm. And he, he tells Adam, uh, oh, the key to that chain is in the bathtub. Yes. So that's a big bummer. Also, I love when he's like, most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. It's like, yeah, because he's now got seven days. I've seen the ring. He's got seven days. <laughs> so he's mad. He's angry because he couldn't have helped that key going down the drain. I'm just saying that Jigsaw set him up for a, a bad advantage. Like, yeah. no, so that that's one of the things that like doesn't entirely make sense of it. Like, did Jigsaw intend for that key to go down the drain? Because it definitely seemed like it probably was going to like yeah but also it doesn't seem like adam did enough to deserve that sort of like treatment from jigsaw right like he wasn't like you know hurting other people all the time like i mean he was sort of hurting other people but like for clarification adam was like regularly photographing people who were cheating on their spouses like yeah, he was basically just like a private detective photographer. Yeah, he was, he was a PI sort of guy. Um, not not the most morally respectable type person, but not no. not exactly like a murderer or a pedophile like some of the later victims in this franchise. Right. So I'm just saying that I don't know. I don't understand that. I have no idea why that happened. <laughs> Yeah, but it is it is one of those moments that is just like such a a twist of what you expected. It's just like, oh, no, it's like literally he had the ability to escape the whole time if he just hadn't pulled the plug on the bathtub when he first woke up. Um, But he did. And so he's basically stuck there. He starts screaming at him. He tries to shoot Jigsaw with the gun that's still on the ground. And Jigsaw just flips a little switch and electrocutes him with the ankle chain. Yep. And then walks out of the room, says, game over, and slams the door. Oh. And then we just go to the credits as Adam's screams fade into the darkness. And... That's the ending of Saw. It's a great ending. Very iconic. Very great. I mean, like the ending, honestly, the ending is still by far the most exciting part to me. Even after all this time, like I still get excited about the ending of this movie. It's just so intense and like full of twists and interesting plot points. And it really does. Uh, set you up as like a promise like this is going to lead to something great and right i feel like like they knew they were going to build a franchise off of this and like this very like the last five minutes of this movie are like a promise that like this is going to be something incredible and i it still gets me excited to this day no i feel that i think that's right i think that um the end of this movie still gets me excited. I think that a lot of things about this movie do, but the end definitely does. So I see nothing wrong with that. That seems right to me. The end of this movie is excellent. It's insane. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, that classic Charlie Clouser's uh, theme 
is prominent in this ending. Oh, it's so good. I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, it's very iconic. It, um, it's the first, like, it's first introduced here at the very end of this movie. But after this, um, it becomes like a signature to the whole franchise. Um, oh, yeah. They use some variation on Zep's theme for like the rest of the, the series. Yeah. Yeah. Even like during like it, it always gets used at the end, but they even use it in parts in the middles in like variations of it. Charlie Clouser, right. too, is a awesome composer and he's um he's worked with nine inch nails before which i think is really cool but Um, also makes just like obvious sense yeah and um you know nine inch nails has trent reznor who thank you scored the social network directed by david fincher who also directed seven that was really good. That was oh, a really good connection. We've come full circle. We have. The connections are very deep there. It like especially aesthetically, like the whole like grimy, gritty aesthetic is very prominent in both of them. Um, oh my god! Yeah. 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 That aesthetic is super important. <laughs> god, that bathroom. The whole thing that most of it takes place in is just so disgusting. That's such it's like disturbing. a huge part of it. That scene <laughs> where Dr. Gordon makes Adam like dig through the toilet looking for clues. That's like the worst because I'm always like, why did you think that? Why did you not look at where the heart was placed? It was on the tank. It's on the tank. The, look in the tank first. He's like, oh, got to dig through all this shit. In the toilet bowl, gotta go Uh, here. And it's like, you did not have to go to the toilet bowl. You just didn't. uh, You chose to, but you could have not. Also, my big question is, how long has that shit been there? Like, was that there when Jigsaw found this place and set it up? Or did he put that there specifically? He's like, all right, I'm going to lay a big deuce in here (laughs) to mislead them and make them think they have to dig through it. Ha ha. I mean, what was his prep like for this? Like, did he eat a bunch of Chipotle before he showed up to, like, set the scene here? He must not have been involved. He must have. It must have just happened. (laughs) Oh, something else weird. Like, Dr. Gordon, his makeup is ridiculous. Oh my god. He's so instantly as soon as he shows up, he looks like like a ghoul or something. Like he's Yeah, he looks like he's lost like 16 gallons of blood <laughs> and like somebody has like painted the underside of his eyes like this like bluish gray and they're just like, "Hello, here's a semicircle of blue." And it's like, <laughs> "Okay, what's going on? Yeah. Is he okay?" And then when he actually cuts his foot off, he looks even worse. Yeah, it's (laughs) terrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know what's up with that. Like, the entire time, it looks like, like, did he, it's like they dragged him through a pit of chalk or something. Yes, it's bizarre. 
don't know, he's so pale. And like by contrast, Adam looks completely normal. Oh yeah, Adam looks like he's never been through anything bad in his life. He's like, "Hello, I'm a 24 year old." He was like, um, he just showed up to this place, and someone was like, "All right, you gotta put your leg in here, and we're gonna lock you up for a little while." I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I think you're probably right, though. Yeah, that's it. No, it's very. I I don't get why. I mean, I guess Doctor Gordon had to fight the weird pig person that kidnapped him before, he, but like, so did Adam, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting too that this film established the pig mask so early. Like, they they really did like establish all their big iconic beats right here in this first movie. So you've got, you know, you've got Jigsaw and his whole morality and everything like that. They've got the character um, laid out pretty well, but they've got so many just iconic aesthetic elements as well. They've got Billy the puppet. They've got the pig mask. They've Mm -hmm. got the reverse bear trap, like, and, and they've got the theme the hello zap like right. there's so much that they squeeze into this one movie that ended up like being like every little element in this ended up being big later on right um and i think like all these are the most iconic parts of the movies too like it's like there's some characters that became bigger later on but I mean, like all the the visual elements and the like the score and everything they introduced from square one, which I thought was right. pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that pretty much sums up Saw. I think so. Is there anything else you want to cover before we close out? About the first Saw? No, I think that uh, I just want to encourage everyone to see it. Anyone who hasn't seen it should watch this movie. Absolutely. I mean, even if you've gotten this far and for some reason you ignored our warnings, I still encourage you to see it because I still enjoy seeing this to this day. I can watch this any day of the week. Even knowing how it ends. Yeah. The twist is pretty crucial. I mean, like that first time that you see this, you see Jigsaw get up off the floor where he's been lying the whole time. Uh, like that's just that's incredible. It's a great twist. It really, um, it really sets the tone for the rest of the series in terms of being able to shock and surprise you at every turn. But there's still just so much more to this film and this franchise, but besides just like twists and surprises. It's just a very interesting, gritty, very stylized film. And it's just the characters are fun too. So I think it's Oh my god, yeah. The definitely worth watching. Even yeah. if you know what's gonna happen. It's awesome. I mean the Saw franchise is definitely worth seeing. If you like horror and you can handle violence, you should see this movie and this whole franchise. Absolutely. And from here, things get a little interesting. The franchise takes a lot of different directions over the years through various installments. Uh, It's never quite the same movie as it was in 
the first installment, but this first one is incredible. It kicks off an amazing run of films and I'll, I'll always be impressed by what they were able to do with so little in this movie and what they were able to build from there. I agree with that. I think that, uh, yeah, there's some weak spots in the whole Saw franchise, but I think that this first film is an absolute avalanche of achievement. I think is awesome. So, uh, I'll always be impressed by that. I do think a lot of the rest of the franchise is also an achievement. So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, there's there's definitely weak points, but I think there's a lot to be said for a seven-film series that has such an intricate plot line as this does and that manages to have a fairly consistent vision across them despite having many different people direct them over the years. Um. And yes, there are varying levels of quality, but I'd say it's still relatively consistent. I and think so too. I think it, I'm with you. In terms of other franchises that we've seen, there's a lot less divergence and like just wasting of people's time than right. there. Yeah, like there's there's definitely horror franchises that just have like one with like I don't know, just have a fucking lamp monster attack him. I don't know, but this a lamp. One, monster a <laughs> lamp monster but this one you know this one manages to stay relatively consistent and for that i'm very thankful well it's because this one doesn't have a lamp monster yeah no lamp monsters here no um but yeah that's that's saw one definitely mm-hmm. check it out if you haven't before and if you have check it out again it holds up. It's still... Oh, my God. You know, yeah. It feels like a mid-2000s movie, but it's a fun watch, and it's a great little thriller, and I I can't get enough of it. I rewatch this series every year or so. Yeah, so same here. Yeah. I definitely... I've seen this franchise so many times. Um, yeah. I still keep coming back because there's a lot there. But um, we hope you've enjoyed this dissection of saw uh we're gonna we're gonna start breaking down the rest of them soon this whole franchise is just fascinating to us and we hope that you will find our insights interesting because we definitely know a lot about saw um as always you can follow us on twitter at buzzed on movies let us know what you think of the franchise if you if you don't like it so much, definitely tell us because we'll be down for some arguments. Um, oh yes, yeah. I will fight you about Saw. I will defend Saw. That is, yeah. I will go in hard. So if you yeah. think you got something, bring it. Let's go. Uh, yeah, tweet us at Buzzed on Movies. Email us at Buzzed on Movies at Gmail dot com. Either one, I'll argue with you. Doesn't Let's matter. Go. Let's go. What up? Let's what? do it. What now, bro? All right. Um, and you can check us out on iTunes, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. Give us a review. Subscribe to us if you like what we're putting down. And, you know, just check us out. In the meantime, keep going to the movies. Um, 
I haven't seen much. <laughs> I haven't seen much in the theaters recently. We've been focusing it's on a... this. <laughs> what? It was just the. It was just like us saying go to the movies after we talked about a movie that was like 15 years old. But um... yeah, exactly. I haven't. I've been watching this. I've been doing other stuff. But I did. I did go see Greta recently. It's kind of fun, you know. Hey, yeah, no, I've seen some movies too, and they've been fun. You check them um, out. There's good stuff out. We'll definitely try to keep covering current movies at least a little bit. Um, we didn't have too much to talk about this week, but we'll definitely. We didn't have too much. We literally just talked about Saw. We'll definitely um, give some recaps along the way. But sure, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely get out to the movies. Go out. Have a fun night. There's a lot there. Yeah. And in we'll the meantime, see- uh, we'll see you for Saw 2. Yeah. And we'll see you oh, for yes. Saw 2. There will be blood. Oh, yes. There will be blood. <laughs> we'll see you at the movies. See you at the movies.